This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. But he gave to the, the, the unlovely, amen, the unlikable, the, the unpopular, the, you know, the, 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 what society thought was the outcasts of society. Those were the people that Jesus, he reached out to. Those were the people that he served. Those were the people he gave himself to the most. And I sure am glad because I was one of them. Amen. <laughs> Woo. If he had just reached the high and mighty, I'd been left out. I'm glad that he reached out to that. And he wants us to do the same thing to those whose lives are hurting and broken, those who are in discouragement and despair today. Those are the ones, Passion Church, God's called us to reach out to, to give ourselves, to give uh, the grace of God in us, to give the love of God in us, to give of our talents and resources. That's who he's called us to reach. And that's who I want, you know, to see this place filled up with. It won't be filled up with the, with, the, with the great and powerful, but it, it'll be filled up with those who are hungry and thirsty for God, who, who know that they need God desperately. And it's those who are, are so hungry and realize their need for God, those are the ones that God will use. That's, that's what brings the move of God, amen, is the hungry and the thirsty. Those who know, man, I need God. I need God. I need God. Turn, if you will, to Mark 10. We'll, we'll start right there with the Scripture. Jesus speaking about His purpose. Why did He come? Mark 10, 45, He said, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. Why did He came? He came to give His life. So if we're going to give like Jesus did, it's got to start with us giving our life. And I believe this with all my heart. Until you give yourself completely to God, it's going to be hard for you to give yourself to anyone else. See, some, pe- some, people, give, uh, see, some people give Sunday morning to God. You know, if you don't go too long. <laughs> you know. You know, some people, you know, you know, they give a certain amount of time to God or they give this to God or that to God. But, you know, and we're all working at it. None of us have arrived yet in this respect. Even Paul said, I haven't arrived yet. But here's the thing. The more I give to God, the more I can be used by God to give to others. Because I'm going to tell you, in this room is tremendous, tremendous potential. I mean... There's tremendous potential in this room. Those of you that are watching online, there's tremendous potential in you because God's living in you. The Word of God is in you. The Spirit of God is in you. There's tremendous potential in us, but what? It has to be released. And that starts by doing the same thing that Jesus did. We give ourselves first to God, and then we're in a position to serve others. Because if I hold back from God, I'm certainly going to hold back from others. Amen? If God's asking me to do something that is inconvenient, if you've never, if God, if you've never had God to ask you to do something that's inconvenient, 
<clears throat> I don't know what's, well, I do, but I'm going to be nice. Like what Brother Hagin said, you might need to go get another dip. And not a dip of snuff either. <laughs> the dip in the fountain. Amen. Come on. And listen, just because, you know, people are called, you think, well, you know, you're called, so you just always want to do it. Who told you that? Paul said, I die daily. Boy, I know what he's talking about. God says, get up and pray for so-and-so. Well, I don't pray for them. They ain't praying for me. I, you ain't never felt that way. I know. Let me go on. But Jesus said this later on. He said, greater love is no man than this, what? Then he lays down his life for others. Isn't that right? And that's, that's, that's what God's called us to do, Passion Church. To be givers like Jesus, to lay our lives down. First, we give ourselves to God, and then we give ourselves to others as God has ordained. Amen? And, you know, the joy comes from that perspective. If you try to serve beyond your commitment to God, oh, it's hard. It's tedious. It's, it's religious. It's just, it's just a form you know, you get legalistic or, or you, you get burnt out. But see, if you, if you do it because what? I've first given myself to God uh, I, because I love God. I love Him. So He's been so good to me, what He's done for me, what He's, he's blessed me with. I, I want to take this and I want to give it to others. And see, when you do that, a joy, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And if you don't have the joy of the Lord, I'm going to tell you what, it won't be long before you don't want to. You want to serve because I'm telling you, it's weary just in the flesh. You've got to do it from the Spirit. Amen? <clears throat> now think about it. Jesus gave us mercy. He gave us grace. He gave us forgiveness. He gave us His very life. Amen? And when we begin to serve others, you know what? That's exactly what we do. All that God has deposited in me, I begin to give away to others. And, you know, we quote uh, Luke 6.38, you know, a lot. Give, and it shall be given back to you. Well, you know, we do that at offering time, and that's good. But, you know, it's not just limited to offering. Giving it. It, what's it? Whatever, what are you giving? You give your, some of your wisdom, what? Yeah, you get more wisdom. You give of your grace and mercy, guess what? You get more grace and mercy. Amen? You give your judgment and criticism. I don't need no more of that. Do you? I don't need that. I just, I just figure I'll leave the judgment up to God. You know, because that's really, that's really above all of our pay grades. Where, wherever God's put you in His body, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's reserved for Him. Isn't that right? Now, I can judge what's right and what's wrong, what's good and what's evil, but I don't judge people because I don't know their hearts. Besides that, if they're still living and breathing, there's still hope for them, and I'm not going to condemn them. Thank you. <laughs> Look in John 15. We're talking about becoming like Jesus, and part of that is to give. I just quoted it, but I want to read it. He said, verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. See, he didn't just say love each other. He, he quantified it, didn't he? 
He said, here's, here's, how I want, here's what I mean by that, as I have loved you. How did he love us? He laid down his very life for us, didn't he? So that's, he said, this is, he didn't say, this is my suggestion. This is, I want to give you some good advice. No, he said command, didn't he? And if he's Lord, then command means we do it. You know, do it when you feel like it and when you don't. And the rest of the time, you're okay. See, love is not an emotion. The love of God, the agape love. Love is an action. Amen. It's an action. You can love people when your emotions are like all over the place. Come on. When you feel like giving them a piece of your mind, that's the best time to love them. Because if you don't love them, you're probably going to give them a piece of your mind. It's probably a piece you would need back later. <laughs> I, need, I need to keep all, my, all the pieces I got. I'll tell you that. Amen. So what do you have to give? Let's look over in Mark chapter 12. I'm going to look at some examples here, three things. We're going to look at a, a widow's offering, a little boy's lunch, and a, and a costly gift of perfume. And I want to just bring out some points here. What do you give? Somewhere in this spectrum, we're all, all of us fit. Somewhere in here. Look at uh, Mark 12. Let me get over there. Mark 12 and verse 41. <clears throat> Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Isn't that interesting? Jesus was watching the offering. Sometimes we think that's so unspiritual. You know, some people think, well, you know, God pay the bill. So, you know. I it, no, I apologize about it. That's part of worship. That's part of worship. That's part of worship. And if you haven't learned that yet, you need to learn it. And, and, and it'll mean more, for you, mean more to you. You're worshiping God with your money. Hey, it's all His. I mean, if you died today, who's up? Who, you going to take the... You know, I've told you before, I'll say it again, I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. The Pharaohs tried that, it didn't work. Amen. Two or three thousand years later, somebody else went in there and got all that stuff. Can't take it with you. So it's our privilege and honor to worship God with our giving. So Jesus sat there, now, and, and he said, many rich people threw in large amounts. That's good. I hope that some of you will be in that category. Amen. And we'll throw in large amounts. For the kingdom, I don't have anything to do with the money. Okay? I don't even count it. I don't even look at it. So don't think I'm trying to get your money. <clears throat> but here's where I want you to go right now. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. That ain't even worth counting in the offering. A few cents. A few cents. See, our problem sometimes is, is we're looking at the amount. And Jesus, notice Jesus, he looked beyond the amount because notice what he says here. He called, I mean, Jesus, this was important because he called his disciples over. He said, come over here, boys. 
He said, I want to tell you something. This poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. So it couldn't, be, it couldn't have been about amount because they put in a large amount. She put in two cents. About to get Jesus' perspective here. They all gave out of their wealth. But she, out of her poverty, put in everything. All she had to live on. Now that's some love. That's some love. When you empty out your pocketbook and your bank account and give it to God and you have no more to live on, I'm going to tell you something. That's some love and that's some faith. That's what he was talking about. Her trust in God was greater than all those who'd put in much more as far as amounts go. And here's the thing. You know, I know the enemy, and sometimes just our own mind will say, well, what can my little bit do? I mean, what good does... I mean, you know, I, I got, you know, two cents to put in. I got $5 to put in. I've got 20 I, What good will that do? Listen, it's not just how much you put in but it's how much you got left over. See, she had nothing left. They still had plenty of money. Amen? You know, I've heard people all the time tell me, boy, if God just blessed me with a million dollars, Pastor, boy, I tell you, I'd give you $100,000. I'm thinking, I wanted to say it, but I guess I wasn't bold enough. But You know, you got to give the two cents. If you can't give the two cents, if you can't give the dollar, you won't give the 100000 you can't let go of it. See, this showed where this woman's heart was, wasn't it? She didn't have a lot, but you know what? She gave her all. She gave her all. So, you know, that might be where you start out. You know, we, we're doing a faith promise this month. You feel like, well, I, you know, I don't know how much I can, I can do. But listen, so, give what, you know, do something. Do something. Do something. This is a, a, a poor widow's offering. Now, let's look over in John 6. Now think about it. This woman, John 6, we'll get there in just a minute. Listen, she's put in more. She put in everything, 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 everything. And you know, uh, what we need to understand in this is that as we give, it is a reflection, again, of our giving of ourselves to God. If you have a difficult time giving in the offering, giving your tithes, giving to missions, you know, it's not, it's not a money problem per se. It's a spiritual problem. You know, because when you, you are in right fellowship with God, when you are loving God as we're supposed to, giving is the easiest thing in the world to do. It is a joy. It is a delight. I mean, the only thing you're thinking is, I wish I had more to give. I mean, you know, and that's what the, the thing was with this woman. She gave everything. Mm. John 6, let me get over there. <clears throat> you know this story. Jesus had been teaching for some time, and the, the multitude had been listening to him for some days, and they were all hungry. Amen. I can imagine today, imagine Passion Church, and uh, of course we're here. They were outside in the elements, but you can imagine if we were here and, and I was teaching and preaching to you for three days straight. <laughs> Woo! We'd have to bolt the doors. And I know I ain't Jesus, but 
But you think about it. Think about how hungry we get. I mean, you think about how hungry these people were spiritually. You know anybody that, in church that have a service for three days straight? They, you know? And they were hungry. And so Jesus, in John 6, verse 9, another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter spoke up. He said, here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Among so many. And, you know, as we think about reaching the world, we saw the video where, you know, almost two billion people yet to hear the gospel. That's a lot of people. Two billion is a lot of people. And, you know, we can think, well, you know, what, what, what is our small lunch here at Passion Church? What can that do among so many? There's so many that haven't heard, so many that need to hear. I mean, the need is so great. That's exactly where these people were. It's where these disciples were. Lord, what are we going to do? There's, there's such a need. I mean, what, what's our small lunch going to do? And we can look at what we give, and we think compared to the need, it seems so small. But here's the thing. Notice what Jesus said. He said, have the people sit down. And they sat down. There was about 5,000 men. Who knows how many women and children? There could be anywhere from 10, 15,000 or more here. And he's going to feed them with five small barley loaves and two small fish. <laughs> he took the loaves. He gave thanks. I like one translation says, He blessed it and distributed it to those who were seated as much as they wanted and did the same with the fish. Now, I want you to notice, when we give what we have into Jesus' hands and His blessing is upon it, it can be miraculously multiplied and expanded to do more than you ever dreamed or imagined. Amen. That's what, what it's all about is we give our faith promise. It may seem like it's a, like a small boy's lunch. It may seem like this woman's two copper pennies. It may seem so small. But, you know, when we put it in Jesus' hands, the little boy said, hey, take my lunch. Now, see, he could have just said, you know, I'm telling you what, all these, all these people, thousands of people, and I was the only one who had enough sense to bring a lunch. Evidently it was because there's no other report that anybody else had one, is there? I mean, as far as we know, nobody did. Maybe they did, but they, they wouldn't mention if they did. Or maybe, this was, maybe they did, and they were off in the corner trying to eat it, and the little boy was willing to give. I don't know. That's that, you know. But as we give what we have, even though it might seem small, when Jesus gets a hold of it and He begins to bless it, and, you know, because you don't know what $1,000 can do in a third world nation. You just, you don't know how far they can make it go, how, how many people can be reached. A church could be built. A Bible school could be raised up. Mm. Little boy's lunch. And then let's look, you're right there in John, John 12. <clears throat> and then we see a lavish gift given. Listen, God loves lavish givers. Amen? He loves, la I heard a mm-hmm. 
I said he loves lavish givers. <laughs> Y'all close the doors back there. No. Look at John 12, verse 3. <clears throat> Jesus was at a dinner. Martha was serving him. Lazarus, raised from the dead, was one of the special guests. Well, you know, that was quite a dinner, wasn't it? You had a man raised from the dead and the Son of God there. Boy, I'll tell you what, that's a dinner. <laughs> Whew, that's a dinner. It says, of course, you know, they reclined at tables. That's the way they ate in those days. And Mary took a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' feet, wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why was it this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. Now, that's a lavish gift. Woo! That's a lavish gift, isn't it? He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the money bag and used to help himself to what was in it. I'm telling you. <laughs> So, you know, here's the thing. She gave out of her love to Jesus a lavish gift, a year's wages. Wow. Say it again. Wow. She's got me beat. I said, she's got me beat. I've never given a, a year's wages all in one offering. Hallelujah. I'd like to, wouldn't you? Hallelujah. But we start where we are. And so we see the, the, whether you're in the position of the woman, the widow woman with the two copper pennies, the little lad with his fishes and loaves, or maybe you're in a position like Mary was, to give a lavish gift. But as we give it to, to Jesus, you know, each one of us, we, we have something that we can give. And that's the question. What do you have that you could give? Don't say you don't have anything. I remember hearing years ago when Brother Kenneth Copeland was getting started in the ministry, he said, he said he, there were times in the offering he was so broke, he, you know, but he, wanted, he was going to give something. He said he, tore, he would tear buttons off his shirt and put them in the offering. He was not going to let an offering go by. He was going to give something. He, said, he even said one time, he said, I put a pencil in. You say, oh, that's the silliest thing I ever heard. Well, must not have been. Turned out pretty good for him, hadn't it? He's touching the world with the gospel. I think he's doing okay. Amen. <laughs> so, you know, here's the thing. It's all about our attitude. That's what, I think that's what we're, we're endeavoring to get, I'm endeavoring to get across to you. Is during this faith promise, it's, it's about our attitude. It's about our love for God. It's about our love for those who haven't heard the gospel yet. It's about our desire to see them reached. Amen? Because Jesus said that once every nation and every tribe and every tongue, once they have heard the message of the gospel, he said, then the end's going to come. So, see, your giving could hasten the coming of the Lord. Anybody tired of all the mess going on in this present age? Well, get her in gear. We'll get the Lord back here. He'll... Yank a knot and 
whoever needs to have it. Amen. He'll straighten it out. He knows who, who to show mercy to, and he knows the rest. Amen. So it was a costly. So here's the thing I'm saying. Do what you can. Turn over to Mark 14. Do what you can, Passion Church. Do what you can. Don't think about, well, if I had this or I had that, that's fine. But most of that's sentiment because you can't act on that. You can't act, act on what if. But you can act on what I do have. What can I do? What can? Do what you can. Mark 14, 3 through 8. This is a, the, the same story we were just talking about, March version of it. While he was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar, a very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, Why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages. And here he says more than a year's wages. Wow. And the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Wow. Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank God for Jesus. Jesus stood up for her and said, leave her alone. I have a pretty good imagination. I think there was some authority in that leave her alone too. Why are you bothering her? She's done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. Here's what's it, notice what he says here. She did what she could. She did what she could. Do what you can with this faith promise. Do what you can. I know there's not a one of us probably in here that whose heart would not like to do more. But here's the thing. We start with doing what we can. We do what we can. We use the faith to believe God to supply that seed every month. We do what we can. We stretch our faith. We, 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 we will engage in prayer monthly over that seed, believing for God to, to give seed to the sower. We, she did what she could. She says, he talked about pouring perfume on his body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Notice what he says. He says, truly I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Listen, you know, the, you know over there in Malachi, it talks about there, that God has a book of remembrances. And it says all those who feared the Lord, who talked about the Lord, who praised the Lord, who prayed, who did anything concerning the Lord, it says that there's an angel. Maybe more than one, but boy, there's some books being kept, aren't they? Ooh, I don't know if they got some heavenly shorthand or what, but man, speed writing probably. But he said every time they thought about it, every time they talked to one another about the things of God, about God, every time you've done something, it's written down. What you gave this past year for missions, listen, God knows to the penny. God knows how it, the effect of it not just now, but the ripple effect. The prayers you prayed, they are all kept by God. Whew. Hallelujah. I want to fill up a few volumes, don't you? I want them to have to fill up. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to pull out the, you know, a little old folder like this file folder I got up here. Well, let's see here. What did Norris do? Man, I want them to bring out one of them heavenly dump trucks or something, you know, if they got them. Don't you? You know what I mean? I, you know, 
So here's the thing, and this is, this is what I want you to see, see? It's not just, God said, oh, I gave that $20 or that $50 or that $100 or whatever it is, and now it's gone. No, it's not. It's invested. I said, it's invested. It's invested. Amen. So here's the thing. Do what you can, Passion Church. Amen. What can you do? My time in service to God. Here's the one thing we all have an equal amount of. God distrib- has distributed to every one of us the same number of hours in the week. You cannot complain that God didn't give you as many hours as He gave Brother Mitch. But you, you would think that's the case because how many times have I talked to believers and they said, I just don't have the time, Pastor. Well, what would you do with it? You had the same amount of time I got. What would you do with your time? It, no, it's not about how much we have. It's about how we budget. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Two nodding heads. It's just like with your money. You know why some, some are in better shape financially than others? It's the way they budgeted. You just spent your money on everything your little beady eyes saw. Man, I got to have that $500 pocketbook. $300 leather shoes. I'm styling. Dressed for success. Well, you don't need them working from home behind that desk. Got them curlers in your hair, and unless it's video day. <laughs> Come on. No, it's about budgeting and, and my time to God. I want to give, you know, here's the thing. Because we read already that, that when we serve, we're not serving our brothers and sisters or people. He said, you serve the Lord Christ. If God asked you to pray, would you say, Lord, I just don't have the time. I guess God didn't know that. Bless his heart. You had to fill him in that you didn't have the time. Well, let's see, God. Let's see. My, my planner here. My phone out. My phone's over there. But you get my phone out. Let's see if I can fit you in. Have y'all seen that? What is it? Some kind of commercial where there's, you know, it's like like two guys facing off in the old west, you know, for a quick draw, you know, showdown. Still whipping out their guns. They whip out their planners. I won't meet you at high noon tomorrow. Don't can't meet you then. I got this going on. How about tomorrow at three? No, I got this going on. And they go. To, that's kind of how we do God sometimes. God says, I, I need you to do this or I need you to do that. And we, well, God, <laughs> I got a 12.30. My time in service to God. My talents and gifts in ministry to others. See, my time is in service to God, but my gifts and talents, they're in service to others. Look over in Matthew 6. We're going to skip around some verses because it's, it's so long here. It's very interesting. If you read this whole chapter, really it, it sums up the activity, the obedience, the lifestyle, if you will, of a believer. Because Jesus talks about giving. He talks about prayer and fasting. He talks about resisting fear and trusting. I mean, that's, this, is, this is where we live every day, isn't it? 
So I don't have time to read it all, but notice in, in uh, Matthew 6, let's start with verses 1, 1 right there. Be careful not to practice your righteousness. What, see, when you pray, you know what you're doing? You're practicing your righteousness. When you give to the poor, when you give in the offering, you're practicing your righteousness. When you fast and pray, you're practicing your righteousness. When you resist fear and worry and you trust God instead, you're practicing your righteousness. We ought to be good Christian practitioners. Remember what your mama taught you. Practice makes perfect. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, and that's really what the faith promise is about. We're not giving to people in nations where they're wealthy. We're not giving to millionaires. Come on. I'm t- we're, we're, listen, we're, we're partnering with those who are in areas where the gospel hasn't been preached or where it is really needy. I mean, it's needy. You sit, sit in on my session one morning and, you know, because the camera focuses there as well as on me, and you can see that, you know, they're not living in the lap of luxury. The needy. Not only that, they need the gospel. They need what you and I have. Listen, if you... If, if you were willing, you know, God could use you to teach a group just like I can. Whether it's in Pakistan or whether it's in Montgomery. You, listen, I was reading a book the other day by, on leadership, and they said the best way for you to learn is to teach. See, because every time you teach, you learn something. So we're giving to the needy. He said, so when you give to the needy, don't announce it with trumpets. Amen. You know, I'm going to share in just a little bit about how much we gave, but we're going to glorify God with it. We're not going to brag on ourselves, but we're going to give glory to God for how much we gave. Amen. Because it went to the needy, to the neediest. He said, if you do, you'll have no reward from your heavenly Father. He said, so he says, don't be like the hip- hypocrites, you know. They, they would sound the trumpets so they make sure everybody would see how much they're giving. See, they thought how much they're giving equaled how spiritual they were. Jesus called them hypocrites. Mm. He said, they've already received their reward. He said, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand. That's the reason we're doing with the faith promise card. Nobody, you know, nobody else in here is going to know what you, I mean, you know, the people in the office that tally it. But, you know, nobody's going to know what you're doing or what you're not doing. This is between you and God. Nobody's going to call you up and say, hey, you didn't give your offering this month. Nobody got a call like that last year, did you? I want to know if you did. I didn't think so because that's not the way we do it. It's between you and God. Amen. Now, we administrate it because it's easier to do that way than everybody trying to send it to them. But listen, uh, as you give, he said, the left hand know what the right hand's doing. We don't know, you know, that's between us and God. But he said, if you'll do that in secret like that, he said, your heavenly Father will reward you. Now, I don't have time to go through that, but every one of these in giving, in prayer, in fasting, 
and trusting and all these things. He said, you do it in secret, your Father rewards you openly. We, do our, we practice our righteousness, God rewards us openly. Amen? So when you see somebody blessed, you got a pretty good idea that they've been practicing some righteousness. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I'm just a reporter. Don't get mad at me. I know everybody wants a participation trophy, but God don't work that way. Amen. Isn't that true from the, the, the parable of the talents? I mean, just because the guy got a talent and hid it didn't mean he got a, you know, he, he got a promotion, did he? As a matter of fact, he lost what he had. Might want to think about that. <clears throat> and then finally, my treasure in spreading the gospel. Looking uh, down to verse 19. And that's what we're doing with our faith promise. My time in service to God, my talents and gifts in service to others, and my treasures in spreading the gospel. Jesus said, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and vermin destroy and thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So as we give, as we pray, as we fast, as we trust, you know what Jesus said? He said, you're storing up treasures in heaven. I don't know what heavenly treasure looks like, but it's got to be good. I said, it's got to be good. I guarantee you, don't rust, bust, or collect dust. Rip, rear, tear, or run downhill. I'm telling you, it's going to be something. It's an eternal treasure. Won't that be something? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Maybe you'll have... You know, be like the military. You'll have certain badges and ranks, and people see you, and you go, that'd be the time to throw out your chest. Yeah. Come on. Well, the, the angels and the seraphims, they all have rank. Amen. Come on. <clears throat> Talk about the rewards of giving real quickly, and then we're going to take up our faith promise cards. The joy of helping others. Look in Acts chapter 20. I've mentioned this already, but I want to touch on it real quickly again. Acts 20, Paul is speaking here to the Ephesian elders. He talks about, he said, I've not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing or anything you possess. He said, but in everything I did, verse 35, I showed you that by this kind of hard work we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, who said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed. That takes a revelation. Come on. Because most people, if you ask, would you rather give $1,000 or receive $1,000? If we did that on, you know, where nobody knew. What you really say. See, if we do it here, peer pressure would say, oh, I'd rather give. <laughs> but Jesus said it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. You know, in your giving of your faith promise each month this next year, every time you give, you know what you're doing? You're blessing the nations. You're blessing people who do not know who you are and probably never will this side of heaven. So that can't be our motivation, can it? And you know, really, that's a good thing because it keeps 
the wrong motivation from getting in. And so, you know, so as you give, you're being a blessing not only to them, but all the people they reach. See, we're, we're dealing with, with pastors here. I mean, 25 pastors, 30 pastors, you know, and, and they, their churches that they're pastoring every day that they're out, you know, uh, ministering to people in the fields. We'll have some pictures for you along the next few weeks of uh, actual uh, pictures of them, uh, their, their churches, some of the meetings and things that we're doing, and you'll be able to see what your money is uh, already doing, what it's accomplishing. But there's great blessing in the seed that you're sowing. You're blessing nations. You're blessing those who can never do anything for you in return. That's where the blessing is. Didn't Jesus say, they said, he said, when you throw a feast, he said, don't invite people that are going to, you know, bite you back in return. But where the real blessing is, is you invite people that they cannot repay you. That's where the blessing is. Joy from helping others, laying up heavenly rewards. We just read that in Matthew 6. Jesus said, lay up for yourselves, not treasure here, but treasure there. Amen. Hallelujah. I got a 401K. It's in heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. And I can draw on it anytime I have a need. Amen. I got, I got a heavenly annuity. I've been putting into that thing for 40-something years. Really good interest rate return on that thing, too. 30, 60, and 100 times. Woo. Now, you know, i got a few things in the natural, too. I, there's nothing wrong with that, but, you know, that's not what I'm looking at. I mean, you know, some knucklehead decides to start a war, and the banks drop, and everything drops, and, you know, that, that money you had in the 401K don't look near as big, and the money you had in that annuity don't look near as big, and you know how that goes. Every month, if, if you've got that kind of thing, like us, we get a report. Sometimes, you know, I just have to stick the report in the drawer and pray over it. A lot of months I rejoice because it went up. But, you know, that, that's the uncertainty of the. So that's fine if you've got that. But you know what? i got something more permanent than that. i got something more I can rely on than that. Amen. <laughs> and then finally, God's promise to meet all our needs in this life to those who partner with him. You know this, but let's read it because it's good. Philippians 4. Paul's talking about those who partnered with him, the church at Philippi in Macedonia. He said, he said, it was good of you, verse 14, to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. This was an exceptional mission-minded church. You know, we, we, we talk about the great church in Ephesus, and it was a great church. And you read that letter that Paul wrote to him, and you, a great city, great cosmopolitan city of, of Ephesus, probably in its heyday, second only to Rome in the Roman Empire, and all the wealth that was there. But there's no record that they partnered with Paul. But the church at Macedonia did. And that's what I, I want us to to have is a, a vision for the world, Passion Church, a, a mission heart where we think not just about ourselves, but we're thinking about those who are needy, those who have not heard the gospel. He said, 
for even when I was in Thessalonica, he was there planting a church, and they were partnering with him to plant a church in another city. That's what you and I are doing. That's what we've been doing these last two years with our faith promise. He said, he, he said you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. I des- what I desire is that more be credited to your account. What account is that? That heavenly account Jesus was talking about. Ooh. Man, I, you know, I've told you the story before. Sometimes, you know, when, when Cindy and I and our family, we were on the mission field. And, of course, we, we, we didn't have a missions agency that sent us. We just went out by faith. That's fun. That's adventurous. That takes some courage. Or stupidity. One of the two. <laughs> I'm going to say Courage. But, you know, a lot of times, you know, of course, this was long before the days of the Internet and smartphones and all that kind of stuff, you know. So we'd, we'd have to call, you know, home to the office to, to, to see what, you know, see how much money we got. And you call home, you got $10 in there. $10. Your rent is three fifty, And then they were going through hyperinflation, so they readjusted it in the middle of the month, and you paid another three fifty. Oh, yeah. You do not want to live in hyperinflation. See, that's what happens. You know, when you, when you, when you spend more than you make, did you know inflation is the highest it's been in 40 years right now? Yeah, everybody wants to be on the dole, but there's consequences. That same nation I lived in, Argentina, they've struggled, and they're still struggling under piles of debt because they borrowed money that they could not pay back, and they haven't been able to pay back. You know, and, and, and what was 10, 10 becomes 100. What was 100 becomes 10,000. Oh, that couldn't happen here. Well, oh, so it, the economic laws don't apply here. Is math different here than it is? I don't think so. Amen. So God says he's going, he said, your account, he said, I've received full payment and have more than enough. I'm amply supplied. He said, not only that, he said, they are a fragrant offering, acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. What you give, what you pledge, and what you give each month. He says, it's not only meeting their needs, it's not only uh, enabling the gospel to spread, but he said, it is a pleasing, fragrant sacrifice to God. Where do I line up to give? Where do I line up to give? He said, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. So let me ask you some action points here. How grateful are you for all that you've been given? And that's just for you to answer between you and God. How grateful are you? You know, it's easy to get, so easy to get focused on a need, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of like, you know, your whole body can be well, but you've got that one place. And before you know it, I mean, that's just all you're thinking about. You know? But, but here's the thing, you know, 
Think about what you've been given. Think about how much you have. Based on, on the, the largest part of the world, I mean, you're wealthy beyond their imagination. They could not imagine living in a house like you live in, driving an automobile like you drive in, living in a nation. I know we got our problems, but I'm going to tell you what. If you think problems here, I can take you a few places where you'll think, when you get back, you'll be ready to kiss this ground. As bad as it is, you'll still look awfully good. So I'm just saying, you know, we need to recognize that. Secondly, what do you have that you could give in response to God's love? How God has given to you, how God has blessed you. What kind of response does that evoke in you for others who've not heard? And then finally, will you do what you can? Nobody's asking you to do what you can't do. We're not asking, you know, for hypothetical. But what can you do? And this is a faith promise. That means, what does that mean? That means that I am am believing, using my faith on purpose to believe God for this amount just for missions above my other giving. See, if God doesn't supply it, you don't have to give it. If you say, I'm believing for 100, but God gives you 50, well, give the 50. But, you know, nobody, so that's the thing. But we're going to stretch our faith. So, you know, I know you'd like to put a million dollars down, but probably you don't need to do that. That might, you might have get a spiritual hernia trying to believe for that every month. So, you know, you know, mix, mix your faith, you know, where your level of faith is. Mix it there, but do what you can. Do what you can. You know what you can do, and then add some on that. That's the faith part where I stretch it a little bit. I know I can, now I know I can give $20 or whatever it might be every month. All right, so I'm going to stretch my faith, you know, and add another 20 on or whatever. I'm just speaking hypothetically. Amen. Well, I want the guys, if you don't, if you haven't gotten one yet, a faith promise card. I got mine in seniors. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.